please be seated. Get to read for y'all today one of my favorite scriptures. This became one of my favorite scriptures probably about 11 years ago, maybe 11 years and a month ago from today. And I'll tell you why in a minute. This is from Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 31. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and all they had taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that the disciples didn't even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a little confession, I have always been really good at hearing God's call to do. There's just something in my wiring that I am a doer. I'm a type A person. I am much less gifted at hearing God's call to be. A little story to illustrate that. When I first read this scripture, I was a new mom. I was a new pastor, too. I'd only been a pastor for about a year. And I had just given birth to Anna. So any of y'all who have ever had a newborn know what that's like. And I had been on maternity leave for two weeks, and I remember I was sitting in the rocking chair, the new baby rocking chair, and I had Anna like this, and I had my Bible like this because I was doing my quiet time, and spread around the floor at the base of the rocker and stuck into those little, pa- those little pockets that are on the side that are supposed to be for baby stuff. I had all this um, study guides and commentaries and work stuff all laid out on the book of Revelation because I had decided during my maternity leave, that I would not be idle. I was writing a 12-week study on the book of Revelation to teach to my church when I got back during my maternity leave. So I've got my baby, I've got my quiet time, and I've got all my commentaries. And I read this scripture where the disciples have been working really, really hard for Jesus. They've been sharing the word, they've been teaching, they've been calling. It's successful. There's all these people coming, and they're worn out. And Jesus sees what they can't even see and says to them, not, hey, buckle down. You've got a long road ahead of you. We're going to have to pull an all-nighter, and this is what ministry is like. He says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place, and let's rest. And I stopped right there. I hadn't meant to stop at this point, but I read what Jesus said and the fact that he saw his disciples weariness. And he didn't ask for more. He asked them to step away and rest. I started crying. And the tears started falling onto Anna's baby blanket. And I I moved her a little bit so it wouldn't hit her face, you know. And I'm sitting there crying because Jesus saw that in them. And I'm crying because I wish he would say that to me. And then I'm crying because I think maybe he is, but I have no idea how to stop. No idea. And one of my deepest regrets is kind of summarized in what I did at this moment. Here I am crying. I hear Jesus call the rest. And what I did is I put the Bible away. I said my prayers, and I picked up my commentary books and got to work with a baby. And what Jesus was calling to me, because I had this space of time that my church had given to me to rest, and be a new mom, and I was filling it with work. And Jesus was just calling me to rest. What I regret is that I so easily hear the call to do, and I so I have such a hard time hearing the call to rest. 
that I still look back on that day and many others where I should have put the work down and just looked at my baby. She's giant size now, right? (laughs) It passed so quick. And I was mostly working through it. And the gift that you guys are helping me accept, it's not just a gift to rest my soul, but a gift to look at them right now. Because Anna's going to get taller and Leah's going to get taller. And this is a chance that you're giving me saying, Pastor Laura, look at your family. Look at your soul and go rest. And the gift that I want to give back in all of that as I'm learning how to hear God call us God calls us to work, you guys. Work. I'm not saying work is bad. There's six days for work, and the disciples report all the good things that they had done. Good. It's just, it's untrue that God calls us to work without stopping. I'm seeing that more and more. And what is true is that the shape of this world and the fabric of our lives is supposed to be periods of work. Six days are you to work? And then every week, a day of rest. Every single week. So that part of the fabric of our lives, part of the rhythm that we get into is we work really hard and passionately, and then we trust God enough to stop. And the gift that I'd like to give to y'all who have given me such a great gift in this sabbatical and who are helping me learn how to take it is to teach you about Sabbath so that when all of us look back in another 10 years on our lives, we're not saying, man, I really regret that I didn't listen to Jesus when he said, look at this, or rest here. But we have this space that God creates for us and commands us to take that every week we are putting aside our good work and we are just opening our eyes to God's work in our lives, to the blessings that are abundant around us. We are just seeking out what makes our soul sing. And that's not something we have to have special permission to do. That's a command for people of faith. And so I just want us to take it. Because then when we get to the end of our lives, we'll be like, well, yeah, good. You know, I worked hard and I enjoyed it. So the first part of what Jesus says in this scripture, because this is my model, I'm trying to remember how to do this, is he says, come with me. Come with me. Um, Y'all, this is the basic call of the Christian faith, that there is a wide path, goes downhill, it's nice and level, that the world is walking on. And Jesus is always calling us when we have faith and saying, step off that wide path, it's going to destruction, and follow me on this narrow path to life. And yes, it's scary, and yes, you don't know how to do this, but it's the path of blessing, follow me. And if we're going to be people of faith, then we're going to have to hear that call to rest because it's clear. It's like a clarion call throughout Scripture. And he says it to his disciples, come with me. Now, what are we fighting against? Well, we're fighting against decades of being told that our value is what we produce in an hour of work. Think for a minute. You probably remember how much you got paid for your first job per hour. Some people were saying 50 cents. Some people were saying 75 cents, um, $1.50, $2.25. I got paid $5 an hour, and I was making bank at $5 an hour. 
Bill Miller Barbecue. They paid good because it was a terrible job. But I worked it because, you know, this is what my hour of time is worth. And as you get older, you realize I'm getting more skills. I'm more qualified. I have more experience. People will pay you more for that hour. Soon they're paying you for a project. Soon they're paying you for a year of your life. This is what we'll give you if you work a year for us. And we all know that we can get paid a certain amount for whatever hour we are willing to give. And likewise, we know nobody pays us to rest. There's a lot of companies that care a lot about our productivity and what we can add to the bottom line, and nobody who cares anything about what we do when we stop working. Nobody except God. God says those idle hours of yours, they are valuable. So valuable that he wants you to spend a whole day being unproductive. Doesn't that sound like a dream? A whole day every week to rest. If we think it's hard for us, then I want us to remember the Israelites who were slaves who the road in Egypt, it was an awful road, but they knew what it was like. You just have to work every single day. Every single day. No holidays, no vacation, no sick time. When you can't work anymore, they're not going to feed you because you're a slave and your only value is what you produce. And then God liberates them. And they follow God into the trackless wilderness. And one day there's double food on the ground. And they say, what? We have two handfuls today. And Moses says, it's because God is giving you tomorrow to rest. It's the first day off any of them have ever had in their entire lives. And God wants them to know, you will have enough. You can stop working. I value you beyond what you produce for me. Rest. Come with me, Jesus says. Come with me. The second part is by yourselves. And I want, to, I want you to hear that again because this is what you guys helped me see that I had been missing and perhaps had been hard about resting for years. By yourselves. It's plural. Did you ever catch that? Like, I always thought rest was like, Laura, you need to rest. It's a commandment, and you're terrible at it. But really, it's everyone in your church, you need to rest. Communities of faith, we need to rest. When you think about creation, when God rests, he rests with all of creation. When God gives manna to the people, he doesn't just give it to a few. He gives it to the entire community. And all together, they stop working And there's strength in that because suddenly I'm not trying to do this alone, but we're all doing it together. And then when the fourth commandment comes around, if you ever read that, it's not just you rest. It's you rest and you teach your kids to rest and you teach your neighbors how to rest and you let your servants that day rest and you let the oxen and the animals rest. It's rest for an entire community. Rest so deep that even God wants the animals to rest. So rest is not something we just take for ourselves. It's something that we offer to others. And the ways I've seen this, the most effective ways to do it are one-on-one. 
So I was at a wedding on Friday night. This is the first time this ever happened. And the mother of the bride said, that was a lovely service, and thank you for being here. You're welcome. And um, she said, I know it's your Sabbath. And I, I am really glad you're here on your Sabbath. And I, I just shrugged it off because I'm a worker. I'm like, oh, I do this. This is my job. And she was like, no, you were talking about it in church. And I'm thankful that you're doing this for us today. That is grace. The fact that Pastor Greg is shutting down my email account, that is community Sabbath, right? That is grace for me because he's basically closed the door. So he's, you've got to. I mean, because I'm not going to call him and ask for the password and admit that I'm cheating, right? I'm not going to do that. So he's helping me. And what I find so often in this world is that we, we kind of spur each other on to work, which is a good thing, but it can go to an unhealthy place. And y'all have to tell me if this happens in your professions, but it happens with pastors. And maybe it's because we're working for God, and so, you know, it's hard to draw a boundary of like, God, now I'm stopping because this is your work. But I go to all these things, and people have competitive conversations about how hard they're working. This may happen in other professions, but the pastors are like, well, I'm working a 50-hour week. Well, 50 hours for the pastors is nothing. They're like, I'm working 95 hours, and I have a building program, and five people died. And, I mean, and they'll just, like, pile it on, like, how awful it is, you know? And you can't walk in there and be like, hey, so my people gave me a sabbatical. Everybody's like... No, you're, you're, and so you can never say to the pastors, and this is so frustrating, hey, how are you resting? Because then you're like a loser. You're not giving it all for God. I mean, if you're giving it all for God, you're like killing yourself. In fact, in seminary, they would, they would hold up this guy who was a missionary in the 1800s, and his, his motto was, I want to burn out for Christ. And my seminary loved this guy. Oh, burn out for Christ. And I, I would just quietly sit there and think, I don't think so. I don't, I think it would be better. Because he died when he was like 28 because he burned out for Christ. He did it, right? Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm 22, but I feel like maybe I have 30, 40 years of ministry in me. <laughs> I'd like to last for Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> I'd like to endure for the Lord and, and have like decades of not just ministry where I'm like, oh, God, but like ministry where I'm happy and joyful. I digress, you guys. But what we need to do is we need to follow Jesus on this narrow path, and we need to invite others along. And we need to give that grace to each other just by saying, how, you know, when we start to get in that competitive work, oh, I'm so busy and I'm so, just stop yourself and be like, you know, man, I need to rest. Could you help me with that? Or, gosh, you sound busy. How is your Sabbath going? How are you taking care of your soul? How are you hearing God's call to rest? You know, because work is not bad. It's part of creation. Six days do we work, but one we get to rest. So we follow God together, and we're so much stronger because now instead of one of us trying to do it alone, we have 575 people who have our backs. Like, no rest matters. So come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. It's an introvert's dream. Quiet place. 
Um, and this is one of the hard parts of resting. The disciples find, remember, there's all that work there. And it's work in the form of needy people. Now, if you think it's hard to put down a project, imagine a person who brought their sick child. Okay, this is, this is the group that's around Jesus. But Jesus realizes if we get away for a day and we come back, it's still going to be here. And so I'd like you to know if the disciples could rest in the midst of that, then you can rest in the midst of your work. You can find a quiet place. Don't wait until the work is done. Jesus didn't say, let's finish up here and then we'll rest. He said, let's go right now. And this will come, we can come back to this. So find that quiet place, leave the work behind. And I've talked to y'all last week about how to do that. I think mainly it's shutting off the phone. It's closing the computer and telling yourself, I'm not going to open that back up. It's putting away your to-do list. It's just getting those things out of your way. Because did you realize in the scripture, when they go across the lake, um, the work in the shape of people runs to follow them. Your work will run after you, you guys. It's not going to be an easy getaway, okay? You're going to have to tenaciously try to rest and work at it. Um, And when we find those quiet places, it's because we put on the calendar Sabbath. And that way, if you put on the calendar Sabbath and it's an all-day event, then when somebody says, can you do X and so, you just say, oh, I'm busy. God's got my time, right? That's what you're thinking. This is God's day. But all you have to say is, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. You don't have to say, I am observing a holy Sabbath to the Lord, right? Because that, that's kind of awkward, right? But if we say we're busy, then it's okay. So come with me, Jesus says, by yourselves to a quiet place and rest. And what I would say to you over and over again is we hear a lot of rules around resting Certainly, the Jewish people in Jesus' time had a list this long of what you could and couldn't do, and if you did this, then you were not resting. And I've studied the Bible, and all God says is, rest. It's a holy day. It's a day God has blessed. But the shape of your rest is going to look different than the shape of my rest, than the shape of your neighbor's rest. We're all going to rest a little differently. And so I've had some um, introverts say, I just, I can't be with people, right? Like, you just want that quiet place. Don't call me. We're not having a meal together on the Sabbath, right? That's an introvert's dream is to just get a cup of tea, go outside, and be alone. Extroverts, y'all may be like, oh, I spend all day on a computer, all week on a computer. I want to get with my friends. Okay, go do that. Um, Like I said, some of y'all may love to cook or love to grill, and it just lets your soul sing to just get to pour yourself into that. Go do it. Others of y'all, if you're like me and my husband, we're like, you're going to microwave something because I don't want to cook. I don't like it, right? Um, Some of y'all, like Martha, I think, and I'd have to ask Martha if she does art as work or if art is a joy. But maybe art is a joy. I would think it's a joy for her. If it's a joy, do it, right? Go draw, go paint, go weld something, go get out your bandsaw and make a project, make an owl house or do something like that, right? If you like to be outside, go for a walk, go for a run, go throw the Frisbee for the dog. If exercise is, ugh, 
don't do it. Okay? It's your Sabbath. The word rest is in the Bible 508 times. As much as the word work. And yet we hear God's call to work so much more easily than that call to rest. And so we're going to need to take a big deep breath and follow Jesus and help each other. And just my personal experience is that y'all are helping me. Um, when SPRC said, hey, the sabbatical, I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. I could do this for the next. I'm not burning out, right? Which is what, what you think. You, I've got to be burning out before I stop. They're like, no, we want you to do it. And then all of you guys overwhelmingly saying, please go away and rest and renew your soul. It's a gift of grace to me. It's the finest gift a church has ever given me. And if I could give you the gift of making Sabbath and rest part of the fabric of the life that God has given you, I would be so happy. Because then all of us would, would get to that point in our lives where we're looking back and we're saying, oh, I didn't miss that. I saw it. Right? Sabbath is the day that we see. We see all the fruit of our work, and we hear God's call not just to work, but simply to be. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for valuing us more than just what we produce and for calling us not just to work, which we are happy to do for you, but into spaces of rest. And so please, Lord, help us to hear that call and then to have the courage to respond to you. Help us to know how to rest and help us to support each other in that so that Sabbath could become, as you have always wanted it to be, part of the fabric of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.